Alicia started, I was standing there eating, I, the words, I want you to do Psalm 73, which I was a little bit surprised about, because, but, you know, he knows what, he, he knows, he knows what Psalm to call, the Lord does, and um, listen to Psalm 73, Psalm 73 comes out of book three, there are five books in the Psalm, 73 through 89, it's a Psalm of Asaph. You know, certainly, he, he says certainly with a surety, with this idea that certainly God is good to Israel. And he's good to those whose motives are pure. But as for me, he said, my feet almost slip. My feet almost slid out from underneath me. I'd got into envy in those who were proud. I observed prosperity in the wicked. They're not suffering any pain. Why am I going through it? But their bodies are strong and well-fed. They're immune to the trouble common to men. That they don't, they don't suffer as uh, we might. But arrogance is their necklace. They have violence. They even put violence in for their clothing. Their prosperity causes them to do wrong. Uh, Lord, they're, they're prospering and they do wrong with it. And their thoughts are sinful. They mock and they say evil things. They, brow, they proudly threaten violence. They speak as if they rule in heaven. They lay claim even to this earth. Therefore, they have more than enough food to eat. They even suck up the water of the sea. They say, how does God know what we do? Is the sovereign one aware of what is even going on? Take a good look. This is what the wicked are like. Those who always have it so easy and get richer and richer. I concluded, surely in vain I've kept my motives pure. And I've maintained a pure lifestyle. I'm suffering all day long and I'm punished even every morning. And if I had publicized these thoughts, you know, if, the, if Asaph was to say this in the congregation of the Lord, he said, even your loyal followers. I would have betrayed the loyalty of the people of God because I can't talk like this. But he's going through it. Asaph is going through it. It's not a lie and he's not in denial. He's going through some suffering in a difficult place. He's like, it don't seem right to me. Um, and I can't betray your people, Lord. You know how many times we've had to, like, shut our mouth and be quiet because if you say something that isn't all praise and glorious sometimes, you, but you're going through something, you know, you really are. But you don't want to betray everybody else because they're, like, trying to believe. 
but you're really going through something. the precincts of his temple and then I understood their destiny surely you have put them in slippery places and you bring them down to ruin how desolate they become in the mere moment and I think what we say is God I've been looking at the wrong thing then when I enter into the precinct of the Lord and I realize that my eyes have been looking at the wrong thing. I've been measuring. I've been measuring what the wicked have and what the world has. Instead of looking at you, Lord, I realize that their dream, their judgments are going to make their own demise complete and they are like a dream after one wakes up I'm going to oh Lord when you wake up you despise them yes my spirit was bitter and my insides felt the sharp pain literally the Lord you know he's going to feel the literal sharp pain in his side when they spear him into his side I realize I've been ignorant and I lack the insight of the heavens I was senseless as an animal before you, but I am continually with you. You hold my right hand, Psalm 16, and at his right hand, right, are pleasures forevermore. You guide me by wise advice, and then you lead me to a position of honor. Do we believe? Do we believe what he says? Or we got our eyes in the wrong thing? No. Now enter into the precinct of the Lord. Whom in heaven do I have but you? No one, no one, no one is like you, Lord. No one, no one. The reason why I've been going through it is because everything was to jettison me into you and to be known in you to be found in you all my trials and all my troubles and everything I've seen what's to be known by you and to know you yeah and my flesh and my heart may grow weak yeah but God always protects my heart and gives me stability yes look those far from you will die you destroy everyone who is unfaithful to you. I declare today that you are faithful. I declare your faithfulness, Lord. I declare that you're the faithful one. I declare that great is your faithfulness. I would take all the trials of this life to be known in you, to be thrown into the very precinct of your glory, to be known, to be loved by you. Oh, 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 oh,
Thank you for a resurrection, Lord. But as for me, God's presence is all I need. I don't need anything else. I don't want anything else. I want you, Lord. I need you, Lord. You're all I need, you're all I need, you're all I want. You're everything, Lord. I've made you my shelter, Lord, and you're sovereign over all things. I declare, and I will declare, the things that you have done.
1 Samuel 7, 5, then Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord on your behalf. After they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. They fasted on that day, and they confessed there, We have sinned against the Lord. So Samuel led the people of Israel at Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that the Israelites had gathered at Mizpah, the leaders of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the Israelites heard about this, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the Israelites said to Samuel, Keep crying out to the Lord our God so that we may save us from the hand of the Philistines. And listen to this typology. So Samuel took a nursing lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. And Samuel cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered him. And as Samuel was offering the burnt offering, the Philistines approached to do battle with Israel. But on that day, the Lord thundered loudly against the Philistines. And he caused them to panic, and they were defeated by Israel. Then the men of Israel left Mizpah and chased the Philistines, striking them down all the way to the area below beth Samuel took a stone, and he placed it between Mizpah and Shin, and he named it Ebenezer. It means the stone of help. Saying, up to here the Lord has helped us. Right this morning, this weekend a lamb slain. stone, right? Rolled over a tomb. I can't help but think that stone's name was Ebenezer. Light. Light behind the stone. Light starts to radiate into the man who is God. Is going to keep him down. Why oh, you love you, you love me, Father. You love me, Father. I believe, I believe, I believe. I thought I was abandoned by you. I thought you forsook me. No, but I know that's not the true testimony of who you are, Father. Oh, Ebenezer, it's time to roll away. You've helped us up to this point. a resurrection and up to this point the Lord has helped us yes he has he's been with us breaking out in light breaking out in light that what looks dead pinned back into a corner Backed out, backed up, 
can't see seems dark. The light eternal. Light of eternity. Uncreated light. Light from the very throne of God. I can't, I can't die. My life can't end here. No, no, it's just beginning. It's the beginning of the end. Pack Jesus into a corner and kill him. And that man's going to come up. And so, so, so shall we. new life. He reveals the life you were destined for. 
Laura and I watched five chickens be born and brought to life over the last 10, 15 days. Yes, something like that. And it was amazing. It's amazing. They, they're inside their little parameters and their little paraboloids. <laughs> and they're wiggling around. And they're chirping inside there. And then they peck, peck, peck. But they got to swivel their head almost all the way around. And they peck, 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 peck. Exploring the limits of that confinement and breaking free almost all the way around. And then their heads just lift the top. And they got to get free. They got to get free. They get free. That old thing doesn't fit anymore. It used to give them comfort. It used to give them a place to fall. But now they got to get free. If they're going to live now, if they're going to breathe this air, they got to get free. They drag that little shell around attached to them. Heine for a few, few hours, for a few hours. And there it is. They, they, they had to join in. They had to jump in. It took effort for them to be born. If they didn't peck free, they wouldn't survive. They couldn't be generative for the generations that come. I used to scoff at the whole egg thing because of Semiramis and all that. And the Lord used this to show me. The enemy just tries to stain the things that God is in the midst of doing. He's got a purity, a principle, a release, a power, an anointing. And it just gets hijacked for a little while. And just like that egg, shake it free. Because that new life isn't going to happen in that old paradigm. And here it is. Now we can fly. Now there's the sky.
the dawn that shot out through the night. The day is coming soon. The kingdom of the morning star can pierce a cold and stony heart, and its grace went through me like a sword. And it came out like a song And now I'm just waiting for the day In the shadows of the dawn And I won't wait Westing my bones I'll take Foolishness roads of grace and run towards the dawn. And when I rise, dawn turns to day, and I'll shine as bright as the sun in these roads that I've run. The world away and still not far Like fabric woven into ours In the dawn, it shot out through the night The day is coming soon of the morning star can pierce a cold and stony heart and its grace went through me like a sword and it came out like a song and now I'm I'm just waiting for the day in the shadows of and I won't wait resting my bones I'll take these foolishness roads of grace and run towards the dawn
is veiled and stands behind the shroud. The final day when trumpets sound. And sometimes I glimpse into the fog and I listen for the song. But till then, I'm waiting for the day in the shadows of this dawn. Oh. And he has risen, dawn has come, dawn has come, dawn
Stephen was singing uh, these lyrics uh, from this Greyhaven song. Uh, where is it? Veiled and stands behind the shroud, that final day when trumpets sound. Isaiah 25, verse 6 and 7. The Lord of heaven's armies will hold a banquet for all the nations on this mountain. At this banquet there will be plenty of meat and aged wine, tender meat and choicest wine, his body, his blood. On this mountain he will swallow up the shroud that is over all the peoples, the woven covering that is over all the nations. He will swallow up death permanently. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from every face and remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. Indeed, the Lord has announced it. this whole thing is there was nothing, no fence, no airplane, no structure, nothing man-made. And the Lord was just saying to me that that's how he sees all things at all times. So we see the limitation of structure, fences, communication systems. God says it is a new day. And so the newness of life that we experience is it's not Christ only emerging from a tomb. It's us emerging from every limitation. We're coming into the newness of life. So I just, boom. Broken, free.
Steve Roy sent this to me. John 20, 19 through 22. Then on the same first day of the week and when it was evening, though the disciples were behind closed doors because of fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace to you. So saying, he showed them his hands and his side. And when the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Jesus said to them again, Peace to peace to you. And just as the Father has sent me forth, so I'm sending you. And having said this, breathed on them, said to them, receive the Holy Spirit.
the day has run its course. Oh, and you are the goodness. Oh, what they meant for evil, you meant for good. Oh, you are the goodness. Oh, you are my. The author and finisher of my faith. Oh, everything I could ever want, everything I could ever want, it's all found in you. You are my shield and buckler, my strength, my resurrection and life. My way, my truth, and my life. And everything I've ever wanted, I found in you. And oh, my sweetest friend, you are the avalanche that falls upon me in the end. the strong and able you are the kindest and oh my sweetest friend you are the avalanche that falls upon us in the
Sierra. You want to come share it? Oh, behold my bridegroom come. The past couple months, I've been praying a lot about um, next year um, because I'm going to be a senior. And I've just been praying about a lot of things about going throughout the entire like American process of going to college and, you know, just living day to day, trying to make enough money. And, and I've just been praying. I'm like, Lord, I can't do that. And I've been praying a, a bit of a call on missions and I was just praying that right now and I was like Lord if I and I was thinking about the disciples and how when Jesus said come when Jesus said go they dropped everything they dropped every obligation and they followed him and I I just said in my heart I was like Lord if I to drop everything tonight and go I would and then right when I said that sentence these scribbles on this painting turned into the words go right when I said that and yeah <laughs> sharing that with me in the back room there and she was talking about herself but I think it's corporate you know so the Lord's speaking to us individually in our own way and then he's speaking corporately through the individual and sometimes you have to discern is this you know me or is this for everyone and so I felt like that was both you know that's why I suggested that she share um, what I thought was really significant about the painting is you know, I've, I had that painting in my room for years. I've never seen go on that. But it's actually woods. Like, the, it's all the, the shrubs and the, the woods and stuff, you know, that formed the word go. <laughs> that was significant. We think about X2M, we think about, you know, the march out of the Exodus. You know, that seemed to be very significant to me. Daniel uh, 2. You, O king, were watching and behold a great image, this great image, whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome. The image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partially of iron and partially of clay. Daniel's interpreting a vision that Nebuchadnezzar has, and this is, uh, you watched while a, and uh, scriptures go on to, to, to say that these are different kingdoms. The, the head is, is, is fine gold, that's Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom, and each kingdom that would follow are, are symbolized by silver and bronze. 
We are now in the age where the legs, this is the last age, age are partially iron and partially clay. This is the age we're in. This is symbolic of the kingdoms of the world over time. He goes on to interpret and says, you watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors and the wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream that we will tell the interpretation of before the king. Goes on further. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Insomuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation is true. stone that has been cut out of the mountain that which was rejected is now a stone of great power it has been laid on this statue the kingdoms of the world will come to dust and the kingdom of heaven is being established on the earth at this time. When Tom talked about the, 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 the chicken, that the, 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 the chicks coming forth, there's a newness that is coming forth, that is breaking forth, that we must apprehend, we must move in such a way that we move into it. When Janie saw the vision of of something afar with no buildings on it. That's the purity of a kingdom that has not been built on, that has not been is in its virgin state. But the kingdom of heaven will be established in that pure place. There is a death of this world, so it is good that you let the things of this world just go and serve him because they are falling apart right now. 
they are being brought to dust right now and the kingdom of heaven is being established on the earth there is a death of this world but there is a resurrection and mount zion is arising on the earth and may we be on the top of mount zion and may we grow may we expand may we move as god is moving and trusting in him that his kingdom of heaven is being established and this is the resurrection i believe that the lord is talking about that the mountain is arising and we are being lifted up amen i i was telling tom i probably and and stephen probably i don't know 30 minutes ago the words like this is a daniel 2 matter uh this happening uh even now and and uh, so when he came up you know i was just trying to hold back you know it's hard to hold back sometimes the prophetic word but it's really good when you get a confirmation like the various confirmations that have been going on here and really sitting back and then letting the word of the lord come out of you uh which matches actually uh <clears throat> perfectly um I uh, I want to work out of just a little bit, actually just do a, a little bit out of what actually just happened uh, in this room, and um, and take the take the text that's being presented to us and help to give a picture of uh, what actually is being said in this particular worship set. Um, uh, so we have this when we, when I first came in um, uh, you know a little bit later Jeff he's like I'm in the spirit you know to use my language he's like you know I'm connected and he's like something to do with the egg and then and I said, you know and he's like oh yeah by the way it's Easter and you know how we've looked at eggs and things like that and then you know Tom Gross starts to speak and uh, I wanted Tom to share that because Tom's uh, has a very unique revelation is very important um, about this uh, you know the chicken actually coming out of the egg and uh, so of course I asked him to share that because um, that's a it's a it's a massive paradigm shift and 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 also we have today we have you know it's resurrection Sunday and we're going to see with the Lord that He's going to move into a you know a new state of being. He's uh, fully man and fully God, but he's going to put on a, in a way he's going to be glorified, and there's going to be a transition in state of uh, in the state of his his literal body state of the way he represents his, his self. And and so we see a very you know legitimacy in this and a and a very clear change so much so we're going to begin to see that this new body can uh, you know with the Lord he can walk through doors and uh, or walls and so there's there's a molecular uh, shift okay a total molecular shift in the uh, his human body being moved into a glorified body uh, while still presently on the earth glorified. And so he's had a complete molecular uh, 
change. When God made us, that capacity sits inside of all of us. And I mean, right now it does. God placed all the components in you right now for that molecular shift. And so one of the things years ago when I was, I, I couldn't understand this at all, what I'm telling you now. And, I, you know, many times I've told you all this story, but it was Monday morning prayer. I'm waiting before the Lord. It's the end of 2013. And the Lord says to me, I'm, basically, I'm going to kill Adonijah. And, you know, so you've heard this story, but Adonijah means my master I am. That's what actually Adonijah means. And he says, I want to take out anything in the human soul that wants to master or be Lord inside of, of you. And I want to kill that in you. Uh, because it is a, um, it's problematic when you have a creator, a sovereign governor, a ruler that knows how to recreate us and transform us if we are trying to run our own deal, right? If I'm going to be the master or control my own fate or destiny, th there's no way to head towards a, ch a change of structure because uh, literally but the one who made us is the only one who can restore us. And he said, because you don't believe me, you know, I'm going to um, give you a sign on, on a worldwide level. Uh, I'm going to take the life of Nelson Mandela. And he said, because i got to get your attention because you're about to go through another big leadership crisis and it's going to shake you up and you're going to think you're off track and you, uh, with the church and what you've been called to do. Uh, he says, um, but I, I need you to know this. And I said, you know, I said, what is the deal? And he said, I mean, what are you saying, Lord? And he said, pioneer for a glorified body. And, of course, Mandela is dead three days later. I, I my eyes, I, I just like, that week, I remember getting back to the church that Sunday. I was like, man. He said, because I'm going to arrange a global work for a global word because I'm going to glorify mankind. And a big question for me was, human agency is going to get involved in this? And he's like, right, haven't I always used human agency? And I was like, oh, yeah, right, you have. So, yeah, I'm not going to, yes, I'm going to work with a group of people, and I'm, I, and I'm particularly like speaking to you. I want you to go this route uh, and take this path. And, man, it really got hard right after that. I mean, the church goes through another evolution of just breakdown, and I'm thinking these iterations of believing the gospel and saying, okay, I believe you again, I believe you again. And what I began to learn was the gospel, death, burial, resurrection, ascension, was the mechanism or tool by which God retools or re recreates or recreates a human through, like, iterations of the gospel. So every time you say, you know, I sign up to lose my life for your sake and the gospel, you're inviting God's adversity into your life so that he can bring a transformation in your nature. He does it in two components, your, your, uh, the feminine function of the soul and the masculine function of the soul, and that the priestly and the kingly function of the soul. And through each iteration, after that adversity, which I found out later was the six days of creation, will come rest, or the seventh day. And out of rest comes an expansion, and it, this works every time. I map it, I analyze it, I watch it. I'm like death, burial, resurrection, ascension. What I began to learn was if you sign up for the gospel and you keep saying, 
I'm in again. I, I lose my life the way you choose, Lord. You're going to go through another iteration of, of burial, resurrection, and ascension, right? And this is the function of the gospel. This function is the only way for you to transform. Otherwise, you stay in your present state, and you can live like that your whole life. Uh, not a good idea, you know. It, what, so what happened was when he put the, that modeling in my understanding, he says, if you run enough of these iterations, eventually it will so transform your nature, you'll begin to become more and more and more like me. And I signed up for this, and I said, whatever it takes, no matter what the cost, let's do this DBRA, you know, Deborah, Deborah <laughs> death, burial, resurrection, ascension. Let's go for Deborah. You know, let's go for the process of the gospel. Because with each iteration is a transformation. And it is. It is, in fact. And uh, what I have become concerned with is uh, you become so unintelligent. I mean, people can't understand you anymore. And so because you, you, you learn, you start seeing parabolically and myth mythologically in all different ways. And you become almost ununderstandable because uh, you're being reintegrated uh, in your understanding. And so many of you have signed up and said, you know, I'm not going to resist the gospel of Jesus Christ and I receive the gospel and you're being transformed. Uh, Peter talks about this, right? He talks about that we can be partakers of what? The divine nature of God. The, the divine nature of God. You, so this is, I mean, this is highly biblical. There's, there, you can partake of his divine nature even within your human form. Any invitation that the Lord gives you is to that purpose. And this is the will of God, even your what? Right, even your sanctification. That's God's will. If you want to know his will, his will is always, no matter if your business, ministry, mom at home, you know, whatever you're engaged in at school, the whole purpose, if you're engaged with God, is your sanctification. Sanctification, though, has a top out. That's what I'm getting at. There's an upfit in sanctification that goes all the way to glorification. And Enoch found this out, right? 365 years of his life it took for him to take iteration after iteration after iteration until basically it transfigured him. Jesus, because he's uh, perfect or without sin, fully takes on every you know, component of temptation but does never sins um, does this for us okay he comes and lays a map out for human uh, transformation so Jesus has modeled for us a transformative map and the, and the Lord did so good with this that he put four gospels together for four different accounts to give you a structural map of human transformation because it's the father's desire to have an expanded family that looks like the Lord. He didn't send Jesus to have one son. He's the only begotten of the father. Yes, but he wanted a big family. He loves family. The Lord loves family. And he wants a whole family that looks like his son. Right? But has, we each have our own identity still. That's very peculiar. We, we all look different and we... We have different uh, backgrounds and things like that, but he wants to put this framework into you, and he wants to give you his whole framing. And but there's one caveat to the whole thing: trust. <laughs> you know, and and I, I want to make that clear that 
that trust is the uh, mechanism, or faith is the mechanism by which this transformation in the gospel comes to us. And so, as you wake up, and I don't mean the woke like the culture wake up, but I'm talking about wake up. You're, as he restores your consciousness, you start to wake up to realities and, you know, and things that you could never have known before because each iteration brings a, a, a real sense of wokeness, but it's a, you're being awakened uh, to God who's inside of you, transforming you, making you to become and look like him. So this is what the word is longed for. This is what he desires. And so much so, and I repeat it again, Acts 3.21, Jesus is under a, a retainer. A retainer is a legal term. It, it puts a block on something. You cannot move outside of the boundary of that retainer. And it says in Acts 3.21 that Jesus is under retention or retained until... Uh, the restoration of all things. What I speak of today is the restoration of all things. God is looking for a quality of himself inside of humanity that matches what Jesus looks like right now in his glorified state sitting at the right hand. And when the Father has that on the earth, the Son's coming back. And we know it speaks of, Scripture says, that that day of the Lord can be hastened. It speaks of sanctification. And so what hap what's happening, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is there's an acceleration or a picking up right now. There's a people in the earth that are saying yes every time to the Lord. They're not in seasons of rebellion and withholding from the Lord or saying Yes, again. Yes, I sign up for DBRA. Yes, again. Whatever you say, Lord, I don't care where I go, who I, what I look like, how I have to be. I'm going all the way for you. It's in that mode, that operative mode of life that the Lord will come by. Um, now I, I didn't realize that until 2013, that God wants to see Christ so fashioned and formed in us that looks just like him. And at that point in the flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the Lord is going to split the eastern sky. This ministry was particularly assigned to that task. Uh, I tell my kids, I was like, if your daddy dies, my ministry was unsuccessful. And I mean, that's a lot to hang on your hat. I'm like, you cannot die. As you'll live and not die. Um, I want to just go over a couple of things with this that actually Tom McManus brought up to me, and I, I just thought that it, it's worth mentioning, and then we'll um, prepare to close. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 through 12, my aim is to know him. This means to be intimately acquainted um, no there doesn't mean like it's I think it's gnosis but it doesn't mean um, knowledge like intellectualism it, it, that's not what it means it, it's the most intimate uh, and that happens in you know a relationship between a man and a woman it's the most intimate uh, connection that can be had 
Uh, he said that my aim is this. So uh, aiming is like I've got everything singled in. I've got one, one goal. Um, there may be other subset goals, but I'm not setting all those subset goals as my primary aim. I'm making one purpose of my entire existence the way that I motivate every single day. I'm letting this be in my mind, my understanding, my feeling, my emotions, my strength, my whole body. I'm setting one focus, my aim. It's mine, it's personal. My is personal pronoun. It's personal to me. Because no one else can set an aim for you. I mean, some people goal set for other people and things like that. And okay, they try to help you go to a coach. You, you know, they try to get you to do certain things. We've done this in families. I, I try to help aim my children towards certain things. Uh, get other people kind of moved in the right direction. But this requires a personal pronoun, my. My projection, my purpose. Okay, I own a business, I own, a, you know, I own this, I got this house, I got this ministry, I got whatever. But that's not my aim. My personal pronoun aim is to know him. Yeah. Oh, come on. My kenosis, my desire, my longing. This is what you hear in the song of the Lord, in the preaching of the word. I long to know you. I'm known to be known by you. Um, it takes God to know God like he knows himself. And so, even in, even in this, and I, I don't want you to hear this from me, I don't want you to hear striving. Now, what I want you to hear is a posture of lifestyle. Okay, right, I can't make this happen, but I'm setting my posture. My posture is head up, looking, waiting on you. That's my aim, is to know him. I want to experience the power of his resurrection. Now, a lot of people, well, you, you shouldn't have to have an experience to, to know God. I want to say about that that it's okay to long for God to bring an experiential revelation of himself into your life. It's legitimate. You have to deny something that's deep down inside of yourself to say that I don't need God to give me an experience. Um, that's not what Paul said. I want to have an experience with you. Yeah. I'm like, I'll tell you about me. I'm like, I am an experience junkie. Like, I'm waiting on the next experience. Because it, once you lay everything else to the side and you set him as your aim, you want to have an experience. Because you, you, you don't have anything else to go on. <laughs> I need an encounter, an experience. I want a revelation. I want something to happen. You know, Peter's like, Lord, we left everything to follow you. I mean, we left everything. We, we set aside our livelihoods. We set aside our friendships. Uh, some of us, nobody likes us. We went in all the way, right? All the way. Problem with a lot of Christianity is hedging, a hedge fund manager. Trying to run a management company with Jesus. The Lord's like, all the way. Then comes the experience. The Lord, he's real interesting about that. He wants full trust. He'll put, you, he'll put you out in the middle of nothing. You don't know how you're going to make it. And then the experience will come. You will see the release somehow of the power of God into your experiential realm. And you'll be like, there he is again. You know, 
And I live for those every single day. You never know when one's coming, but you are going to have one. So don't hedge, set your full aim. He says, so I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I, I want to be like, I want to share in his sufferings. Well, wait a minute. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I love the power of the resurrection part, but the share in your sufferings thing. Only the blessing, Lord. You know how to clear out a church real fast? Preach this message. <laughs> You mean to tell me, and I'm going to tell you guys, the sharing of the suffering of the Lord will be your sweetest moments. They're so sweet. Actually, it's in the sharing of the suffering that I learned to worship. It was in the pain of saying, I went all in for you. And he's like, I know. I know you did. And I love you. And we were about to go through something that's going to be tough. You know. The tears come. You can't make sense of anything. And he says, you know, hey, trust me. I don't know if I can right now, Lord. The suffering hurts. Well, you can't be in the fellowship of a king and not set. If you, if you want to be like me, you got to share in the way that I am. Well, yeah, yeah, you can be a servant. You might not even, you'll have your own suffering. But if you want to share in the way I am, my nature, you're going to go through some stuff. It, the whole purpose here is it's going to jettison you into my father. And it does. It, like big power demonstration, back in suffering, and the whole purpose, what? It throws you into what we started out in Psalm 73. It throws you right into the citadel of God. You have no other place to go. You can't make sense out of what's going on in your life. You ever like try to talk something out with somebody and don't matter what you say, you never can get to anything with it? You know what's going on? The Lord's inviting you. When you're exasperated, and it shouldn't have to be that way, but a lot of times it is, it's an invitation. I learned this, by, I learned this the hard way. Oh, you're making an invitation right now. I thought that the problem was my problem. No, 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 I'm inviting you into my presence. We learn, sharing his suffering, he said, and to be like him in his death. <clears throat> you know what, you know, you think about what does it mean to be like him in his death? I'll tell you one quality that just flabber, it's flabbergasting to me. He's innocent. He is completely innocent in his death, and he is being mocked. Let somebody mock you in the middle of your innocence and see how you respond. I know I haven't responded well. When someone mocks you when you're innocent, it is a trial like you have never tasted. Maybe you have tasted it. If you've ever been mocked in the middle of of a trial or a bad situation in your life and someone makes fun of you or assaults your nature when you are literally doing what you're supposed to be doing, that is a very painful cross to bear. It's one thing to be guilty and be mocked. It's another thing to be innocent. Jesus on the cross, and I cannot do all the aspects of how amazing he is in his death. All his buddies except one leave him. I mean, he has his mama, 
and he has John at the foot of the cross, right? Everybody that he's poured his whole life into splits. That's another component of being like him in his death. I'm dying here, and my own everybody I just invested in just split on me. You see, that's not easy to go through. But he, he wanted, Paul said, I want this. And then he said, and it, this is what I want to get to today. And then he says, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Wait a minute. Now, Tom at Manus brought this up this last week, and um, he says, uh, you know, Carol, do you know about this? I was like, no, I, there's two Greek words here. Now, so you see there's a resurrection. Now, you wouldn't catch this if you didn't read this in the Greek. But in the first resurrection, he said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection, okay? Then he says, then he says, somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Well, the word, there's two words in the Greek that are different there. The first word in, in the Greek, the first resurrection there is anastas, anastasoos, I think. Uh, um, I took Greek, but it's a little, it's very rusty. Extremely rusty. <laughs> and it's Greek to death. And, and then this other resurrection, listen to this, it's ek anastasin. And, uh, you know, when McManus said that, look at that, I said, man, I'm I didn't know about that. I didn't know there was a difference in the Greek. And Tom's like, you got to see this. The ek, ek anastasin is the only time this word is used in the whole entire uh, Greek. Uh, even in, I believe, Septuagint, which is the Old Testament written in Greek, and the New Testament written in Greek. It's the whole, only time it's ever used. Now, anytime uh, it's only used one time like that, it should get our attention. Because Paul's actually saying something to get our attention. He's saying there's a difference between ex and or excuse me anastasis or anastasis and ex, ex anastasin. So I I was I man when someone does that with me I'm like I'm digging, you know I and I and I will not be satisfied until I find me an answer, because you know Proverbs twenty five two it's glory of God to conceal it's glory of a king to search it out. I'm like searching time. It's time to dig. I've never seen this, and I want to know what it means. And so in ek, this word ek, anastasin, ek is the word for, or excuse me, is the, like a prefix for out. So it's called the out resurrection. I was like, still having a little bit of struggle with it. I was like, out doesn't, is this resurrection coming out? I mean, what's the difference between that and the power of the resurrection still I still was having a little struggle with it, and so I, I thought, I'm going to get deeper into the Greek. I'm going to check suffix endings, uh, because it, maybe if I could understand the suffix, uh, because in Greek, uh, your ending tells you uh, the form of the, the actual word, like we have different forms on our words. And in Greek, there are different tenses or forms here. They have different tenses than we do. I believe there's five major tenses. That's why the New Testament was written in Greek. So let me just share this with you. So anastasis is written in the genitive tense. Now, I'm going to make this because I have to be simple because this is complicated to me. But in the genitive, I didn't have grammar school. So, so genitive means 
the possession case used to indicate ownership. So when he says, I want to experience him in the power of his resurrection, he's saying the possessive case, I, it indicates I want to own this. But this ex-anastasin ex is a different um, tense. Listen to this. It's in the accusative not like accusation to the, you know. It's accusative case. Listen to this. It means the direct object case used to indicate direct, listen, receiver of an action. So I, the way I did this is the genitive means to own. That's the first resurrection. The second resurrection here, the ex anastasin, guess it? It means to receive. One is to take hold of, the other one is hands behind your back. If y'all know this language because I've used it a lot, possess, hands behind your back. Possess, hands behind your back. He said, I want to somehow attain the anastasia. I want somehow to. This is amazing because he's saying, if I could attain unto the resurrection from the dead, he said, I've not even attained this. And Paul's writing 14 epistles. He's, I mean, he's an amazing man. We look at him and we think, this guy, this guy wasn't playing around. He's being beat with cords. I mean, he, I, he's going through hell. He's going through suffering. This guy is, he's amazing. I mean, he's the Lord's God. He's had a light encounter. He's been in the wilderness 14 years, and he's wanting this. And I'm thinking, if Paul wants this, what? Yeah. And then there's this weird kind of thing. You can want it, but you have to what? Receive it. <laughs> you can't grasp for it. It's sort of, it's, it's very odd in the way, in the disposition that you have to come into to receive this. He said, uh, he said, so I'm striving to lay hold of it. Paul, quit striving. <laughs> Didn't you know what the preacher said, not to strive? He said, I'm striving. You know, I, I want this. I want to lay hold of this, in which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. So there's two different words for resurrection. The second one means to receive. The other one means to own. It is, it is, it takes, it takes real restraint to have the knowledge and the knowing of something that sits out in front of you and you cannot touch it. Do y'all know what I mean? Like, let's say that, let's say that you knew, uh, Tommy, right now, that you were the inheritor of, I don't know, your business, and your business had within it the capacity to build these fond vehicles, which I think you're going to get into, actually. But let's say that all the resources and everything were at, at your disposal, and it was yours because your daddy had laid it out for you, and you find it out in this document or whatever, and, or a will, and it's all yours. 
And you're, you're sitting there, and you're like, oh, this changes everything for me and Calessa and Benjamin and the new baby and everything. And I, this thing's going forward, and everything I've been doing, all my pioneering work of 15 years and whatever, I can just go and, like, all I got to do is just go sign my name on the, the dotted line or, you know, and, and you know all that about it. And at the exact same time, you're having to live life every day. Because there's this predetermined time when you can have it, but you can't have it now, but you know all about it. <laughs> and the only way that you can actually have it is you have to wait to receive it. But you know about it. I think that was kind of like what was going on with Paul. Like he knew that this whole grand inheritance set out in front of him. And he knew it because he had been up to the third heaven. And he said, I saw things that man is not even, you know, they can't even attain to. They, they, they can't even, it's not even lawful for a man to speak. And I, I want that reality in my life. And it's sitting there, but I, the only way I can get there is got to posture myself a different way. I can't get there by trying to grab at it. I'm going to have to literally put my hands behind my back. That's the mechanism of the out-resurrection. I asked the Lord, now this is subjective. You don't have to take this if you don't want to. I said, Lord, why didn't he receive the out-resurrection? Why didn't he go on to Rome and have his head chopped off? He said, because of all of y'all. I said, how so? He said, if Paul would have received the out-resurrection, I'd have split the eastern sky. Because I'd have one man on the ground that looked just like me. Think of it. I mean, can't imagine what it'd be like to know that. To be Paul, to know that. If I could somehow attain unto ex anastasia. This whole thing's over for everybody. And none of us would have been born. I mean, God in his sovereign grace and the goodness of who he is saw us and every other believer that's on the earth right now. And I, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something that's very serious. This ex Anastasin is going to happen now. I don't mean right this minute. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but this ex Anastasin is the mode of this ministry and what it is under a mandate to go after. It, it's going to happen. And this is what I want to encourage you in. Get in your receiver mode. I can't. I try to tell my kids this all the time. Like, y'all don't understand. You think. Instagram and the whole thing that's where it's at and I just mix Pinterest and Instagram make it Pinstagram and the images of man and the image of God coming on man I was like you better let it all go the king the resurrected Lord the ascended Lord has come and split the eastern sky because God will have an ex Anastasia people he's ready that's the function of what we're about. He's ready. He's willing. The Father in the season, epics of time, 2,000 years, He's ready. He's ready. He's, he's ready to wrap up the end of this age. The Lord's ready. This is why it's called end times. 
He's ready to end time this thing. It's, it's, this is going to end, okay? And I preach a message today uh, out of X2M, which means exit to millennium. Number 82. If I could say anything, I say posture your heart to receive. Like say, Lord, Lord, Lord. I don't want to come up for you and call you Lord, Lord, and do not do what you say. I want to move only on your word. And I will do nothing. I will do nothing except what I see your what you're doing, Father. I'll wait on you. That is the receiver. That's the receiver mode. Nothing else actually will work at the end of this age. That's why all what Janie's seeing and uh, Lineker's seeing and and Tom's talking about. God could not have a people build the temple made with man's hands, so he has to come and build it himself. He's building a third temple inside of us, something that only he can do and only something we can receive by believing. This isn't just an intellectual faith. This is a receiving that says, again, I do nothing of myself. I do nothing for myself. And I'll do nothing with myself except what I see you doing. That's your only movement, actually. American materialistic, consumeristic culture. God could carve out something like that. Everything's at our grasp. Everything's at our hands. ATMs, uh, banking, anything. Go buy a car. Get whatever you want. No, I'll wait. I'll wait on you, Lord. I'll wait on you for an ex-anastasin move. I want a resurrection that somehow, scratching my head, how can this be? How Can this really happen? Paul's even unsure about it. Somehow, maybe, maybe, no, Paul, you're going to go lose your head because I have a family. It's going to take 2,000 more years. The Lord's right there, right now, right now, right now. Give me one. Maybe he'll get more than one. I don't know, but just give me one. One that can attain to the ex One that lives in a full receiver mode. One that doesn't ever grasp for anything, but just receives. No, they can't do it, Lord. You know, like, Father, that's really hard. It was really hard for me. They'll, they'll have a hard time with this. They, they'll want to go and be known by what their hands do and their minds do. They're creating... They're, 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 how, how is this going to happen? No, someone, somebody is going to say, I, I'm willing to go blank slate. I'm willing to know nothing except Christ and Him crucified. Oh, that's the glory of what Paul was talking about. Of Christ crucified on the cross, doing nothing, not saving Himself, not making Himself, not being known, making Himself known, not calling down legions of angels when He can. I mean, he literally has the power, and yet he doesn't even use it. He stands right there sitting on the cross. Oh, it's the glory. It's the glory of the receiving. Receive you the works of my hands, says the Lord. Receive you the teva, as it is uh, uh, that which is not made with man's hands. Receive another way of not being known, to be known by what you do or well, your name, the way that you think about yourself and others think about you, but to be received and known by me, Father. I want to be known by you, Lord. I want to be fashioned and formed in the middle of the struggle. I want you to decide.
Decide for us, Lord. Decide the way that you decide. It's the most pure thing God could ever do to our humanity. Receive the exit Anastasia. You're going to think I'm crazy. Yeah, but I've been justified by this. I, you know, because I did this and I did that. And that's how, I, that's how I'm known. And my family thinks of me like this. My friends think of me like this. But you tell me to put my hands behind my back, it'll be so weird. It'll be so awkward, Lord. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to let you be mocked too. And shamed and, and feel it. But I don't want to feel that. No, receive me. And every time, receive me. receive so much of you that we won't even be able to relate. No, I'll, I'll make it where you can relate. See, he tells Martha, Martha, do you understand? Martha, do you understand? Do you understand, Martha? Yeah, I know there's going to be a resurrection on the last day. Yeah, Martha. Yeah, that's right. Did you know, though? Martha, I am Wait a minute. No, you just used I am language. I am. The greatest identity. I am the resurrection and the life. Today, um, and I know many of you know this, today is our last day here. Um, I was driving in Charlotte. Well, actually, Elizabeth was driving. We were driving in Charlotte, and we had come up on Providence Road at the corner of Providence and Audra Kell Road in, in uh, Charlotte. I was asking the Lord, I said, what do I say to your people? Because... 
Yeah, I'm so committed to this path, and I know many of you are too. We do nothing. We know nothing. We wait on him for everything. And I said, Lord, what happens next? I was like, I don't know what to say to this people. And that's okay. We all been trained this way to receive. But in the graciousness and kindness of the Lord, she pulls right up behind a, a black Lincoln Navigator. And on a tag, it says stadium. And I said, oh, you're moving too fast. Uh, he had promised that this will happen one day. I went and drove around uh, Bank of America Stadium last night in Charlotte. I don't know if that's where we're headed, but I, I just want to say that, and I, I want to make that clear, and I want to go on the line for it. And I appreciate what everything that was said here today, but you have to come out of all your concepts. You can't be in your mind on that. It's impossible. The Lord has said he's going to take this message years ago. He's going to place it into the stadiums. And he's going to begin to read. And he's going to declare the day of his vengeance. And the little stone. He's going to strike the blue and the red. And raise up a royal family. And so the clay, which is a picture of the blue. And the iron, which is a picture of the red kingdoms of this world will and are already even at market today becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and we shall reign and he's going to do this and it's going to be like something like we've never even can imagine or see and he will be made famous be the most famous one in the nations. The nations will, they'll see the church triumphant and glorious. A, a, a church is an army with banners flying all over in the nations. And they will see, and they will see the demonstration of our Lord. The true glory given to the Father by the sons and daughters. The prayer initiative that's been going on for years. It's going to gain momentum like you have never seen. There'll be fire, fire, fire on the altar, like fire. I mean, yeah, it's brought death in the sense of so many, so many in the inner of men. We long for this moment, but more than us, the Father is long that His Son would be proclaimed. I mean, everything and every groaning and every mind, it'll be in the news. You'll watch it all throughout the news. They, they won't be able He's going to deliver his family. And his family is going to bring out an attack against the new world order. This little stone has been here. Swing it at that old system. You can't take us where we're meant to be and who we are as all of humanity. You'll bring in a great end time harvest. Yes, there will be a backlash. Yes. He told me years ago I was taken up in the spirit. You'll stand with me in my glory. Then you'll stand with me in my reproach. Fine. Fine. We'll take your, 
glory, yes, and we'll let you get all the glory, but we'll stand with you in your reproach at the end of the age. Because our enemy, he will bring everything he can to bear against the church of the living God. But I'm telling you, hey, it won't matter because we have him. Get ready for the greatest show that the earth has ever seen. Get ready for X2M. It is time to exit to the millennium. It, it's it, guys, just like you said on the cross 2,000 years ago, it is finished. I pray that you will pray and don't lose heart. Many, I, I felt this when I came in the room today, I was feeling it. Right after the resurrection, the disciples, they were a bunch of them were in unbelief. I was feeling it, you know. Don't, don't let unbelief come in. Believe the word of the Lord right now, like never before. And pray and pray and pray and get in your prayer closet and pray and push for this. Now, yeah, we can't do it. Yeah, it is hands behind your back because no one can bring this home. No, we don't have the resource. We don't have the ability. We don't, there's no name. You know, I'll, I'll close this. He said this to me. Today. He says right there in Isaiah 52. Look, my servant will succeed. He'll be elevated, lifted high, and greatly exalted. And just as you were horrified by the sight of you, so disfigured, he even didn't look like a man. His form was so marred, he no longer even looked human. So now he will startle many nations. Kings will be shocked by his exaltation, for they will witness something unannounced to them. And they will understand something they have never even heard about. He took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. took the cup and he said this is the blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you do this in remembrance of me may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you may the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and may you have peace
I must get 